Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Hello, future bajillionaires, and welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to build generational wealth. So what is it? What is generational wealth? It's basically being able to pass down wealth to the next generation or to another generation. And for me, a big thing when it comes to talking about generational wealth is understanding how to get it. And for me, this leads into number one, reason number one or way number one of how to get it. You stop hating on generational wealth. So reason number one or the way you can do this, step number one, I guess, to get and create generational wealth is to stop hating on it. And I used to be so guilty of this. I used to be so guilty of this. Not only would I be super resentful towards my friends in college whose parents paid for everything, but I would be so mad (laughs) that they got it. I would feel like, you know, they're ungrateful or they don't deserve it or, unfair, whatever. And because I felt this way and held up so much of this anger, that came from the belief that building wealth or passing on wealth is bad and greedy. And I know that I also had a lot of frustration when, um, you know, in my college years, just looking at the world and feeling frustrated when my friends or people that I didn't even know who came from wealth, I would think like, oh, well, they don't deserve success. They're not actually successful. They got that handed to them. They're not actually wealthy. They got that handed to them. They're not actually this. And even now, like I will, and I still do this. I pride myself on doing this by myself when really, you know, nobody is self-made. Like I've had so much love and support and so much privilege in my life, but still I have that chip on my shoulder that like I did this, like I'm not a trust fund kid. I wasn't given wealth. Like I had student loan debt and I had car debt and I had this and I did this and whatever. And it's really important that you check in with yourself because if you want to create wealth for your family, if you want to help your kids through college and you want to be able to, you know, leave financial support for them when you're gone and leave that, then you have to stop hating on the people who do that. You have to stop, you know, having this negativity toward generational wealth if you want that for yourself. Okay. Because if we're having these negative this negative energy and these negative emotions towards it, we're going to be pushing it away and not working towards it. Okay. So that's number one. The first thing we need to do is we need to stop hating on generational wealth. And reason number two is to be aware 
of your long-term plan to build wealth. Be aware. Think about your priority list. When does wealth building come into play? When does it come into play? As an overview, this is like my five cent, my my nickel and dime overview of how to build wealth because obviously it's a lot harder than this. And I thought about just cutting this out because um, it's so broad, but just as a refresher, the, at, you know, the high level, the easiest way to build wealth and a lot of it long-term is to one, pay off all the debt that's holding you down. If you are, um, you know, I talk a lot about, um, to my clients or just in general about like, Hey, let's get to a place where we're investing heavily. Can you invest heavily? Like ask yourself, what is the top thing stopping you from investing heavily? Like if I said, Hey, let's go invest 15% of your income right now. And you were to look at that and you're like, Oh, what? No, I need that money. Why? The answer is for expenses. What are those expenses? A large majority might be debt. And if debt is the reason that you have so many debt monthly payments that you don't have that extra income to be able to invest, that's a huge way to be able to have that extra income. For me, having extra money to invest isn't hard because I have very, very small monthly expenses. Very small. I pay for rent. I pay for utilities, like, you know, my gym. Well, not right now because it's shut down, but normally my gym, you know, things like that. I don't have any debt monthly payments or things like that that's bogging down my my income. So number one, you know, paying off debt that's eating up all your money. Number two, having a beefy emergency fund. Okay, having a beefy emergency fund. A lot of people right now are talking about, hey, let's invest in this and it's a great time to invest and you need to invest your money. But you can't go into investment, into investing when you're thinking short term. And so if you are investing all of your money and then you don't have money when your car breaks down and you need a new car, then you're having to go out and maybe get debt at a high interest rate that you're losing money at 20%, man, like, you know, that's working against you. Okay. So paying off debt, building, having a beefy emergency fund, creating multiple streams of income, super important. Um, I think a lot of people are, you know, they're getting hit hard right now because they had one faucet of income that was turned on. And then when that faucet gets shut off, there's no other income coming in. So the more that you can think of, you know, what are other ways that I can have multiple streams of income, the better. And a lot of times people will say like, oh, real estate or oh, this and real estate's awesome. That's a great, you know, another, an extra stream of income, but also it can be really simple. You can be 19 and working at Hy-Vee or working at a grocery store, and that's one stream of income. And then your second stream of income is selling homemade bracelets on Etsy. Like that's a second stream of income. So don't think that it has to be this crazy thing, but that's another great way to build wealth is to create multiple streams of income. And then lastly, invest heavily. Invest heavily. That's it. Those are the steps. Of course, there's so much else that goes into it. But that is what we want to be thinking about. So when I said for number two, be aware of your long-term plan, where are you in those steps? Okay. When I say think of your priority list, if you are a big podcast, if you're 
you know, deeper than money fan, <laughs> if you're a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like groupie? I don't know. That sounds weird. But if you listen to all the podcast episodes, you will know that a priority list is basically just a list of things you want to do with your money in order of most important to me, the thing I want to do first, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And look at that list and say, where do these things come into play that are building wealth? Okay, those are important. So number three, let me let me refresh you on number one. Number one, stop hating on generational wealth. Number two, be aware of your long-term plan to build wealth. And number three, define generational wealth for yourself. For me, at least in this point in my life, you know, I can't fast forward and know for sure because I'm not a parent, but for me, building generational wealth doesn't look like buying my future kid a Ferrari when they turn 16 years old. But for me, I do want to be able to save and pay for their college so they won't graduate with debt. Or if they don't want to go to college, then and they want to, you know, start a business or, you know, pursue a music career or whatever they want to do, I want to be able to financially support them so they don't have to, you know, leave the nest and immediately go into debt. I would love to do that. I would absolutely love to do that. I'm so passionate about that. But more than that, more than leaving my kids with my future kids with money, I want to leave them with the knowledge of how to build wealth. That's more important to me. If I didn't give my future kids a dime, they're going to like someday it's going to be like 50 years from now and they're going to like be like, remember podcast? Mom, I found this old podcast of you when you said you weren't going to leave your kids a dime. Just kidding. Um, but I'm serious. I would rather teach my kids so much how to handle money to where they are experts, even if they have nothing, even if I don't leave them any money, if they know how to build wealth, how to manage money, how to have confidence with their finances, all of those things, if they know that, I know that they'll be fine even if I don't leave them a dime. That's more important to me. And I don't want to go off on a tangent too much, but that's where so many people go wrong. I mean, I don't even know off the top of my head. Let me Google this percentage. How many people who win the lottery go broke? Let's see if I can get a quick percentage off Google. Um, okay, here we go. Over 70% of lottery winners go broke. Over 70% of lottery winners go broke and end up bankrupt. Not like back where they started, bankrupt. Okay. I care less about leaving my kids money. I'm like saying kids, but I don't have kids. Like my future kids money. I care more about teaching them how to manage money because I know that is going to provide wealth for them. I know that that will provide wealth for them. If I just gave them money, I don't know that that would provide wealth for them. Money can be just blown through. Money can just be come in and go out. Having Teaching them the tools of how to manage wealth, that to me is how I know I'm going to create generational wealth because I know I'm going to teach my kids that. And then if the cherry on top is that I'm also able to, you know, we're able to help them with by paying their college, paying for college for them and, you know, helping them other stuff, that's great. That's great. That's awesome. But my number one priority is teaching, 
teaching how to man- manage money. And it, it, it's just crazy to me because you cannot build generational wealth without knowing how to build wealth. You know, like it, it sounds so simple, but I'm serious. People don't get this. People don't get this. You have to know how to build wealth in order to build wealth for yourself and then build wealth for other people, aka your family. And the sooner that you start, the faster that you can reach that goal, the faster that you can create that. And time is money. The more time that you're investing, the longer that your investments are sitting there, the more they're growing. And so the more wealth that you're creating. And for you, if you're listening to this and you're like, whoa, this is crazy. Like I want this for my family, but my finances are a dumpster fire and you're trying to figure it out yourself. Don't waste even more time. If you're making good money with nothing to show for it, side note, side note, pause, quick pause. There's one week left for you to apply for this round of the Wealth Accelerator. I'm not going to go into the Wealth Accelerator. It's my baby. It is the best course ever. It's going to completely transform your finances. I'll put the link for you to apply in the show notes, but I had to throw that in there because seriously, like I am so freaking passionate about this, but you have to know how to build wealth. You have to know how to build wealth. Okay. So let me give you an overview again. Number one, stop hating on generational wealth. Number two, be aware of your long-term plan to build wealth. Number three, define generational wealth for yourself. And number four, just last one, get in a freaking hurry. Get in a freaking hurry. I'm loving life right now, but at the same time, and I feel like now more than ever, I am so calm. I am so still. Still is a better word. I'm not like, I'm like not a calm person. I was like, like all the time, but I'm still right. Like I have so much more time. Shay and I are like, we have so much time on our hands. It's crazy. We're like this morning where we decided we're going to do a huge project of, um, taking all of our spice, all of our spices off our spice rack in our spice container and putting them into cute new bottles and then labeling them. Like those are the things we're doing. You guys, we're very still, we got all the time on our hands. And at the same time though, When I'm sitting down and planning my finances or I'm sitting down and working or I'm sitting down and mapping stuff out, I'm in a damn hurry. And Shay and I were on a walk yesterday and it was weird. We're walking at night. Like we we normally walk early in the morning or we'll go on a run in the morning and then we take like an evening walk like at like five when the sun's still up. But we went on a walk and it was like dark. Okay. It was like Dark, like nighttime dark. The sun is down. And we also are have been binge watching Criminal Minds from the beginning. Um, and so <laughs> I was like a little freaked out. We just finished an episode. We were watching, we were walking down the street, and I'm like, man, I do not like walking at night. I do not like walking at night. What if somebody's like coming out of the bushes and gonna, you know, attack us? And Shay's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, so giving me a hard time. And I kept like twitching, looking behind my shoulder. He's like, oh my gosh, Chloe, stop. And I was like, I know, but it just freaks me out. So anyway, we got on the topic of dying because we were freaking out about someone. um, Well, I was freaking out about somebody jumping at us. And so anyway, we were talking about dying and we were talking about our biggest fear when it comes to dying. And my biggest fear is that I leave this earth 
with so much more to give, right? Like we don't know how much time we have on this earth and I want to live all out, but not just that. I want to give all out. I want to give all out. I don't want to keep, if I have, you know, the, the ability to go and help people and go and serve people and go and teach people this stuff that's going to change their life and my life, like I die and then those people don't learn it because I'm not pushing it out and telling people whatever, like that's my biggest fear is that I'm going to die with so much left to give. And I want to leave a legacy. Don't we like, don't you want to leave a legacy? I want to make a difference. I want to live all out and I want others to help other people achieve that too, to where they're feeling that on a day-to-day basis. So that, you know, I got deep there, but I'm serious. Like you have to go deep if you want to build generational wealth, right? Like if this was an episode on like five tips to save while you're shopping on Amazon, I wouldn't go deep on that episode, right? Even though that sounds like a great episode, I should do it soon. But I have to go deep when it comes to how to build generational wealth because this stuff takes you digging deep and asking yourself these questions. Takes you digging deep and getting in a freaking hurry. We don't know if we have two years left or 65 years left, but either way, it's going to come faster than we think. And I want to be able to look back on whatever I created and be so proud. And I want you to feel that way too. I want you to feel that way too. And so for me, that looks like shooting for the stars financially and, and being on a path to someday create that generational wealth. And I want that for you too, but you have to start planning for that today. You have to start doing that today, okay? You got this. You got this. You got this. You got this. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Deeper the Money podcast on how to build generational wealth. And I will see you back next week. 